2: Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, <laughs> my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. Hey, hello, and hey, welcome back to another episode of Go Big Orange Friday. Ethan Stone is back of Saturday Down South. Ethan, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing very well. It's
1: starting to get a little slower into the off season, I guess. Here on Monday or after Monday, and mm-hmm. I get to go on vacation, and then. You know, we get the we get summer off season, college basketball, all that fun stuff. Where are you going? Disney.
2: Which one, California or Florida? Uh,
1: Florida, yeah.
2: Okay, have you been before?
1: I have been numerous times before. Okay, it's so you're a big life's favorite destination. So that's, that's really,
2: yep. Okay, are you doing rides? Like, what do you do? Are you? Is there a like a point where you're like, I'm just too old for rides, or like, what do you do?
1: I'm not sure what we're gonna do. It's probably gonna be a smorgasbord of things, but we got mm. stuff to all four parks. Epcot's my personal favorite. And okay, do that. We'll hit up some Hollywood studios. Have a good time.
2: Never been. I've never mm. been to. It uh, is. It America.
1: is. It is very fun. I. I think. I think some people think if you go too much, it ruins it. Me personally, mm. I. Don't. I think. I think it's fun every time you go. Give the pass.
2: I don't think so. That is that is a my wife question. <laughs> I feel like your wife has the pass. I feel like you say, she's a big fan. I'm going to go ahead and guess, Ethan, that your wife's got the, got the pass. Um, go ahead, go ahead. Also here, Ryan Shepard of Rocky Top Insider. Ryan, are you going on vacation in the next week or so?
0: Unless you consider Columbia, South Carolina.
2: Uh, Many vacation. are saying it's a great, <laughs> uh, great travel destination. Yeah,
0: so uh, I'll be there tomorrow. And then here in, I guess, two weeks, we have the Dreaded uh, double week road trip of games at Starkville or in Starkville and then uh, Baton Rouge back to back. So
1: cool.
0: I got those those two trips on deck. Uh, but besides that, nothing nothing glamorous like Disney, uh, like Ethan's living with.
2: There you go. Well, I feel like we're all pretty fair skin. Like the beach is probably out of the question, right? Like you're not you're not yeah. beaching it, Ethan.
1: No, absolutely. <laughs> I I despise the beach. To be honest with you, I just don't understand it. Yeah, I'm not a beach guy. I like guy, it either. for about. I like it for about 45 minutes and it probably has something to do with my skin color.
2: (laughs) I mean, I'm just the Howie from Benchwarmers, where the skin, the sun is not my friend. The the sun is not my friend. Um, Well, y'all, we have some Tennessee to talk about, some Tennessee Volunteers action to talk about. Uh, Ryan, uh, quickly before we get into the football stuff... um, Can you refresh my memory? Who had the higher three-point percentage on Tuesday evening? Was it two for two for Josiah Jordan-James, or was it the 50% marksman Santiago Vescovi, who ultimately, when I'm doing the math, had a 50% worse (laughs) shooting night from distance than uh, the returning Triple J? Is that correct?
0: That is correct. And, Mm. you know, we had some disagreements on the last podcast, Mm -hmm. and I, I figured you'd bring some of them up. Yeah. The take that you had that Josiah Jordan-James is the best shooter on Tennessee's team is not the take that I thought you were going to revisit, as mm-hmm. Santiago Vescovi has continued to catch fire right. and hit two threes in the first uh, two minutes as, as Tennessee opened the lead. Mm-hmm. But Josiah's back, and he looked good, and that shooting stroke certainly uh, was working well for him on Tuesday night.
2: I mean, can we rule out Triple J just being in the lineup was a big factor in Santiago, just having that confidence <laughs> to fire early and often? Uh, off the dribble like many are saying like it was top of the key for santiago that second one it was in josiah jordan james sweet spot i don't know i think when you're the best shooter on the team you being in the lineup and knowing that guys uh that you're going to be playing guys around you uh just perk up a little bit more so uh, i appreciate you being classy and amid defeat brian uh, on that one but there you have it josiah jordan james the best shooter on tennessee's basketball team and the case is closed um where the case is not closed uh, Ryan, is Walker Merrill, who has entered the portal. Um, What uh, what do you make of Walker and his decision to enter the portal and move on? And did you uh, see this coming for Tennessee?
0: I didn't see it coming, but I wasn't shocked by it either. I mean, it, it makes sense. I don't think he was going to be a starter this next season. And even it, Tennessee plays so few receivers, it is, I kind of have a hard time seeing it. Him ever truly getting over the hump and being one of those starters, and not just being one of their better backups who gets opportunities because of that. So uh, he talked about it in the preseason. He didn't care where he where he played, uh, what position, slaughter out wide. He just wanted to play, and I think that's kind of still probably how he feels. And because of that, I'm not surprised he entered the portal because uh, Ramel Keaton. We kind of saw take that step ahead of him this year and uh, even before Tennessee adds anybody in the transfer portal uh, I think it's clear that there's at least three receivers uh, on Tennessee's roster next season that will be ahead of him and like I said if you're not one of his first three it's just no guarantee that you're going to get a lot of playing time
2: yeah I just looked at it Ethan that he could have the Ramel Keaton type of role is what I thought was a strong possibility for him where he, he saw what Ramel did holding on, just waiting for his opportunity. Injuries are a part of this game. And yeah, it sucks when you have a three-person wideout room and it's just those guys are going to dominate the snaps. But what we saw, and I think with the expansion of the college ball playoff and everything else, I think depth is so critical. And if you're the number four guy going into next year, if you're Walker Merrill, I don't know. I think that puts you in a good spot because Cedric Tillman obviously got banged up and no one saw that coming. I just, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he pulls his name out and maybe he comes back, but I I do think that was something that I maybe have thought would matter more to guys like Walker who are on that border where it's like, yeah, I get it. But on the flip side, someone gets hurt. You're going to get a bunch of snaps mm. if you're the number four, because they're going to play you a bunch and you'll be in uh, a bunch. Uh, but I don't know. What do you think?
1: I don't know that maybe because I, I agree almost entirely with what Ryan said. It, it It doesn't exactly, like, surprise me, but Mm. I I absolutely get it. And maybe he was thinking just, I'm not going to be the number four. Like, Mm. maybe that, maybe, honestly, maybe that's what they they pulled him aside and told him, you're not going to be the number four guy if you want to be the number five guy in our offense when X, Y, Z wide receiver comes in from the transfer portal because you know some are going to come in. I mean, it may not be a huge name. It may not be Dante Thornton, who a lot of people are talking about, but they'll be getting a wide receiver at least. Uh, Add that to Ramel Keaton, Brew. Squirrel, who showed a lot in, in the Orange Bowl against Clemson. I, I don't know. Maybe he just figured, I, I may be the five guy on this offense. I may be the six guy. And we saw how that worked out for Jimmy Calloway and, and Jimmy Holiday. And so maybe he's just like, hey, I can go to fill in X smaller school, Wake Forest. I don't know. I'm just mm. throwing out names. And I could be the number three guy or I could be the number two guy there. And, and from what Ryan said, that he just wants to play. He doesn't care slot, doesn't care where he is on the field. It's it's just a guy looking for more snaps and in the few that he did get this season, I, I believe he had two or three touchdowns and and a couple hundred, re- yeah, receiving yards uh, to go with it. So he obviously has the talent for it, and I think he could have been a Romel T- Keaton type, but that's obviously just not really on on his radar right now.
2: Yeah, and hey, maybe he's just primed to be the Javante Payton of this group. Uh, three six catches, three TDs. Like, uh, what's better than a Javante Payton stat line? Um, Jacob Warren coming back for his 19th season uh, here at the University of Tennessee as well. Ethan, I wanted to ask you this. I I, I graduated with Jacob Warren. Uh, he also got his master's uh, with me, and we walked together uh, this December and. I told him. I pulled him aside, or we're walking out, and I was like, "Hey, I need you to not be walking next to me when we like walk up the stairs and everything <laughs> else. Like, this is like I'm almost six feet. I'm five eleven, but like standing next to you is just a disaster. Yeah. And this needs to needs to flip. Uh, we're we're a little too close quarters here. And uh, he's a good sport about it, but um, good dude, uh, fair good guy. Obviously, um, coming back uh, for <laughs> another year." I uh I wonder because it feels like a lot of people are just like a oh, home run big thing and I'm like yeah it's nice I mean his numbers weren't eye popping he was on the field a bunch but um, I thought Princeton Fant had a much bigger role week to week and was a more important X factor in what Tennessee was doing offensively than Jacob Warren uh, by and large to some he's not an important player but it's just it seems like there are it, his ceiling has been capped like we know exactly what Jacob Warren is at this point and it's just it's a body that you can count on and he's older and he knows the system, but I don't know. What do you make of Jacob Warren's return? And are you all that like, Oh, this is a huge, huge deal for Tennessee.
1: I, I think it's a huge deal just based off depth alone. Just, I mean, he's a veteran. He's a guy that's been here for a while with Tennessee football. He, I mean, even though he's only got two years under his belt, he knows the system under Hypel. And obviously he's going to be going into year three as the main guy with obviously McCallan Castle is coming over from I think UC Davis and then Ethan Davis those were going to be your number 1 and 2 guys next season if you don't have J- if you don't have Jacob Warren so i mean not not necessarily a guy that's going to set the world on fire catch you know nine touchdowns for you and over 500 receiving yards but he's an excellent blocking tight end he's a guy that like i've said before brings a lot of veteran experience and he can coach up those guys he can coach up Castle he can get Ethan Davis to where I guess Hypo would want him to be and that, that's huge. It's always, always huge to have more guys in the room that know the system, especially one as fast paced as kind of, I mean, everyone's seen it. It's the Tennessee Vols. They, they move at 100 miles an hour. And, and that's a lot for a new person coming in. So for a guy like Jacob Warren, that's played that, that has been in that role for two seasons. That's huge. Just from a, a coaching standpoint, I guess that, that Warren will be
2: able to provide. Ryan, do you think that they need to add another tight end in the portal post spring, or do you think that they're okay at this point?
0: Yeah, I don't think they need to, uh, and that's why I think you know bringing Jacob Warren back is so big. It's not that he's going to be a 500 yard guy or a five touchdown guy. It's that you know he's solid and you know you can put him out there and not be worried about him. And you, he's going to do the right things. And he's going to be a solid blocker, and they didn't have that before. And you know, I think uh, Castles is going to has the looks of a solid player certainly in time i think ethan davis is going to be a really good player but uh you didn't know about that and i think if you didn't get Warren or Warren didn't come back it would be a necessity you have to go get another guy to me now it feels like a little bit of a liberty you can go get another guy i think certainly uh if there's someone that intrigues you if there's a good player out there go get him but it's not a necessity and you should be fine from a depth standpoint there uh, especially when you throw in uh, hunter salmon and then I'm blanking on Charlie Browder, the transfer mm-hmm. from South, Central Florida last year, who both those guys can play a little bit, especially in blocking situations when they need to. So I don't think they have to. It, it certainly is still a position that it would make sense that it would be on their radar, but I think it kind of, like a lot of everything, it just kind of goes to best available. Do you have a tight end that you like uh, more than a linebacker you like or, or any other selects position?
2: Yeah, and no, I think people need to be prepared. I think Ethan Davis is going to play. I think the plan is like, yeah, he missed all of his senior year with that injury at Collins Hill, but I think he's someone I would expect uh, that, they're going to try and get in early and often uh, with McAllen Castles and how they how they go about it. But I'm also curious if McAllen can play that Princeton fan role where he can be um, in the backfield and he's going to be used in pass pro and stuff like that. It would be a goal line guy because um, that wasn't really Jacob Boren's deal. So I'm uh, I'm curious to see who fills that role, I guess, a little bit more than I am Jacob Boren coming back. But like you said depth is good and uh he knows the system maybe he's just the tight end coach too de to facto they don't hire anybody they just make uh jake make make the tight end coach make yeah,
0: how about just... that for an nil bonus <laughs>
2: there you go um i don't know i just it's really interesting that it's just there's no urgency really they're just chilling like everything's just like oh i'll figure it out when we get there um and then you have the the halsey stuff ryan where he gets promoted, I think they said it was done like in mid-September, or excuse me, mid-September, mid-December when he signed the deal and they just didn't want to make a big deal out of it before the bowl came and all that. But um, ultimately, were you surprised that it was Joey Halsley and do you think it's the right move to just promote from within here?
0: I would have been surprised if it wasn't Joey Halsley, especially Mm. considering, to your point about when it was done, how little traction there seemed to be on it for the whole month after Alex Golish left. It, It just seemed like the obvious choice and. Yeah, I think it probably is the right deal. And I like the way they're going about it, where Heifel says, I'm going to call plays next year, and he's going to grow as a play caller, and he'll grow into that role just like Alex Gullish grew into that role. But uh, I think you see the comfortability uh, that Heifel has with him, but at the same time, Heifel having a lot of confidence in himself and not putting too much on a 35-year-old who's really only been in a On-field assistant coach for three years in his coaching career. This isn't a guy that's been a journeyman who's been a quarterbacks coach for 15 years. So it's a big increase in responsibility. But he's been with Josh Heupel for a really long time. Clearly, there's a lot of trust there. Clearly, he has a lot of trust with his whole offensive staff because he's brought so many along with him from Central Florida. And obviously, he promoted Kelsey Pope from within last year when Cody Burns went to the NFL. So. Wasn't surprising to me. Uh, I like the fact that is going to call plays next year and be a little bit more aggressive in that front. So no surprise, and, and I think probably the
1: right move for Tennessee to make. What do you think, Ethan? Yeah, I, I, I am right there with Ryan where I thought it was – it was the obvious choice just because of the familiarity, the trust that Ryan was talking about, because he knows he's been with Heupel for 15 years from Oklahoma to Utah state. I mean, you name it. He's, he's been right there with him, not necessarily as his offensive coordinator, but he he knows the offense. He knows what Hypel's trying to do. And it, that's, that's an easy call. You don't want to get someone from the outside who may have the talent, may have the, the know-how of, of an offensive coordinator that can come in and say, I have this XYZ experience and leading this offense to whatever, or you can have a guy like like Halsey who's been under in this entire time. You can have hypo say I'm gonna I'm gonna call the plays anyway, and I, it just seems obvious that you promote from within. It's it's something I feel like he's gonna be doing a lot moving forward as well. I mean, it's just keep moving guys up and then move them in from the bottom, and it'll just be like that. Just because I, I saw a, a Tennessee beat writer, I can't remember who it is off the top of my head, but they said just the way this offense is structured, how quick it is, how. How I guess complex it is. It's just so much easier to get guys that know what they're talking about and have been under hypo, know what he's trying to do for the past five years than get a new guy who who may be a veteran in it but doesn't quite know the the idiosyncrasies of the offense.
2: Yeah, and I wonder too if like you mentioned the Utah State reference. I like. Uh, do we think Matt Wells or Anthony Tucker or Joe John Finley makes the most sense as a tight end coach? Do you think it's going to be someone outside of those three, Ryan, or do you think that's where you would probably guess?
0: it's a tough question. I mean, that's where I'd probably guess because what I said just a minute ago about it. it yeah. seems to always be guys that Heupel's familiar with. To me, if I was Josh Heipel, I'm looking outside the coaching tree and I'm trying mm-hmm. to, it's a tight ends coach. Yeah, Get somebody in there who can recruit. Get somebody in there with Southern ties who's got great recruiting pedigree. That's what I would do. It's hard for me to say that's my prediction just given how much Heupel on the offensive side has steered towards hiring guys to know his system and he knows well.
1: Yeah, I, I could I could agree that with that, especially because I mean, uh, eventually you got to get new guys. You can't just keep <laughs> so at some point. You got to get someone coming in so you can promote them. And tight end coach, I, I feel like uh, agreed with Ryan. That's about where that would start.
2: Yeah, I mean, Clemson's dealing with this right now. You can promote. There's there you can promote from within sometimes, but you don't want to only be promoting from within. I mean, look mm-hmm. at uh, New England too. Uh, new England's going through some issues now. Uh, just Belichick not branching out and not uh, going with outside hires has finally come back to really him with this offense um ethan when you look at the portal and where tennessee is targeting this weekend it looks like dante thornton and the dt from uh, arizona state are pretty good pretty good shot to being balls by the early part of next week um the needs for you the biggest need among defensive tackle tight end cornerback or receiver how would you rank the portal needs for the balls right now
1: well, that's kind of a problem because I feel like defensive back is the obvious and clear number one here. The The, the problem is there's no one really available. I mean, there's that guy from Texas a and M, I I guess, but he's just a freshman guy. And he really didn't get any experience day on Bowie, I think. Mm. there's that guy and then there's uh, a couple more but there's just not too many corners in the portal right this instant but that's what you need yeah you need defensive backs because that was just it was the glaring issue and as far as defensive line goes you have Amari Thomas coming back who is obviously a a major part of of that defensive line you got um, I mean Elijah I think Elijah's down there and then you got Terry and you got I mean you got guys on the defensive line yeah, obviously, it's still in a position of need. I think, uh, I want to think, Davon Sears, I saw a while ago, is also a name that's been flo- floated around. And then, like you said, the Arizona State prospect right there that, that could be coming in. So, defensive tackle isn't, I guess, as high as corner is to me. And then, wide receiver, you go out there and you get one who I, I would hope that the balls are targeting Thornton right now, which I, I feel like he'd. I, I saw that he was just on campus for an official visit. Mm-hmm. So you, we, we don't know here in the here in the coming days, that might be something. But defensive back and safety. I mean, though, there's especially with Trayvon Flowers, I, I think he's the only one that's leaving. I want to think McCall is staying and everyone else is staying as well. So with Flowers leaving, you, you would want to get someone like that. But unless you can get a cornerback that can come in and immediately start, you, you're not really fixing your problem. You'll have the same problem you had at the beginning of this season, which is you have a lot of guys, but you need a guy that can play the game. Need a guy that can go out there and actually start and be the guy. So, uh, I mean, you might see them start dipping just into freshmen and just hoping they can start doing something. Ricky Gibson. Yeah. um, I'm blanking on Jordan Matthews. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A whole bunch of them. Jordan Matthews. Yeah. John Slaughter. Let's just keep naming the guys. A whole bunch of them in the 2023 class that they can start, you know, pumping into that system. But if the secondary stays how it was, this Tennessee team is, I don't think they're just going to take the step. You got to get somewhere in the secondary that can play the game.
2: It's funny too, like how different the situation is on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Where like, if you're one of the main guys on offense, you're in good shape. You're gonna get a bunch of snaps, and it's gonna be a really good, really good time for you. If you're on the defensive side of the ball, if you're not okay with rotating, this is not the scene, the scheme, and the the spot for you. Like Tennessee is gonna rotate a bunch. They already rotated a bunch on the defensive line. They had to rotate out of necessity in the secondary last year, but. I think that's just going to be part of the deal. I mean, the linebacker room alone to bring in this many freshman linebackers, bringing uh Peely from uh, BYU. That just tells me like, we don't know what Jawan Mitchell's doing yet, but if like you're Jawan, like, <laughs> I don't know why you would come back. Cause I just, I think you're getting less snaps this upcoming year than you did this previous year. So I would probably move on uh, regardless of uh, your, what you're thinking here. I just, I would move on regardless of your NFL prospects. So then I don't know. I think when I'm thinking about needs, I'm curious. Like, if he can play on the outside or the inside, Ryan is Dante Thornton. Where does he fit? Who are the three starters? Is it Brew Thornton and Squirrel? Does Squirrel fall out of that rotation? They have Ramel Keaton on the outside. Like, how? What would you guess happens if Dante Thornton is a fall on Monday?
0: I think he's the fourth receiver. I mean, may, you, you know, to Dante me, he's...
2: Thornton's the fourth receiver. Yeah, I, I... Yeah. Really. Hmm.
0: yeah. I'm not a. I'm not a footballs you know not a football coach no one's mm-hmm. paying me the coach football so let's get that out of the way first but to me i don't see what i don't see him as tennessee's one of tennessee's best three receivers i certainly don't see him as being a guy that's better than squirrel white yeah. does he factor does he play is he the fourth receiver i think you're right i think he probably is and to me it's important to get him because tennessee's lost their fourth through seventh receivers to the transfer portal yeah and they're Top two receivers in the NFL. I mean, that room's thin as can be right now. And you're relying a lot on Nathan Leacock uh, to at least be, a- be able to play uh, significant snaps have called upon as a freshman. So getting Thornton's huge. From my untrained eye, I don't see him being uh, certainly not a better option than Squirrel White in slot. Maybe if you can play out wide, he's more talented than Ramel Keaton and he would earn more playing time than him. I don't see that personally, but he's certainly going to have opportunities because I think anybody – in Tennessee's receiver room is at least in practice going to get a chance to earn opportunities because that room's so thin right now. And uh, I think it's important that they add Thornton and really maybe even another guy in the portal. Uh, probably isn't going to be a big name, but at least somebody else from a depth standpoint.
2: Yeah, and they also like a lot of their internal guys, right? Like, they like Chaz Nimrod a lot. Um, yeah. Webb is someone they like, too. So, I mean, one of those guys is probably going to pop next year. Like, we don't I know agree. which one, but I think one of them is just going to come out, and they're going to pop, and we're like, all right, we're 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 okay. Um, there's one thing I trust. It's receivers in this in this scheme. I'm not really all that concerned about whether or not Dante Thornton is a part of this, or Ra-Ra Thomas is not going to make or break uh, what Tennessee's offense is. Um, looks like next year but i am curious to see what the the final three is that's interesting that you have keaton in there um when we pivot a little bit here i wanted to final uh tennessee football related question jalen wright posted a cryptic cryptic tweet a few days prior um it's announced
0: cryptic tweet season
2: mm -hmm, where um (laughs) jalen He gets a new NIL deal, uh, appearance deal, uh, that was announced by the Volunteer Club over the last couple of days. And uh, Romel Keaton was involved in that. They announced a lot. Um, so I don't really know. Joe, Joe Milton re-upped. It's funny to see all these re-ups and stuff. Like, we don't even know what these contracts are or anything involved. We just know that they're re-upping. That's the only thing you're tweeted. It's not like Professional Sports League where you actually have some context for what uh, what's being done here. But um, I don't know. I think we're going to see this. And I think, Ethan, that tennessee fans should be prepared for guys like this where the running back room because you have to stay and they made a good point about this on the ball quest podcast the other day where it's like if you're the running backs are on the field the whole drive right like they're it's just jabari small if he starts the drive it's jabari small at the end of the drive and also jabari small was who they trusted most in the goal line and he got a lot of those goal line touchdowns and stuff like that I just think this is going to, we saw it with Tian Evans the previous year. We saw it this year uh, with Jalen Wright that there's just not, there's no path to like Tennessee ever making any running back who wants to be the guy happy. So if that's your end goal, you're not going to want to go to Tennessee. Like Tennessee is not going to be the spot for you as a running back if you want to be Hey, I want thirty carries. I want to. uh, Like, I have the highest yards after uh, yards after contact. Like, I can catch out of the backfield. I should be playing a lot more because I just. I don't think that's how Tennessee wants to do things. I don't. I don't think they want to be that one back. And uh, when he goes down, we'll go to the well. But until then, we're we're gonna ride this guy into the ground. It's just not not them so I'm curious to see if this is just a yearly thing where it's like hey I want a more a larger role or I want if I'm going to stick around like I want a better NIL deal if I'm not going to be on the field as much as I like like I don't know what do you what do you think about the week for Jalen Wright Ethan
1: I mean to your point that is that's the whole thing the the offense is based off speed the, mm. that's, that we talked about the entire time you you you're going to be really speedy at the beginning you're not going to be very speedy at the at the end once mm-hmm. you're getting tired so i mean they're, they're going to use multiple of them they're going to use a lot of guys uh, the alvin camara i feel like and the feature back isn't isn't it's just not a thing under this mm-hmm. it's like saying you're going to go to mississippi state under the air raid and be a fantastic running back it's just not going to happen that is if zach Arnett keeps the air raid anyway but this this jaylen wright thing i think it's pretty funny because Like you can look at it from an outside perspective and the obvious thing that you think is he was just tweeting it to get an NIL deal. And I I don't know that that face value, I think, is hilarious (laughs) because I mean, Jalen Wright, he's I think he was I think he was a great running back this season. Mm -hmm. He's the best running back on Tennessee running back. Yeah, I think think he's the better running back than Javari Small when it comes down to it. But but what you said is 100 percent, 100 percent certain he's not going to be the 75 percent guy. And I feel like that moving, f- I-, I think you're 100% correct. I-, I-, I think Jalen Wright is a really good running back, but he's just not going to be the featured guy. So he realizes that and he says, all right, well, let's get some more money from.
2: It. Yeah, go be the feature back at uh, Northwestern and see how that goes. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's a pretty good deal. And I also think for these guys, it's not like the NFL is just like discounting these dudes. Like Jalen Wright's going to put up like we he was on the freaks list before the year. Bruce Feldman's freaks list. Like, he goes to the combine and does everything. Like, Jalen, it's going to be fine. It doesn't matter if you have 25 carries or 18 carries a game. Like, you're going to be fine come combine time. It's not going to, or come NFL draft time. It's not going to hurt your stock if you stick around and you're not the feature back. I don't think NFL teams hold that against guys anymore. Like, I think if you, if you test well, you perform well, and you were productive in college for the snaps that you got, like, they'll take a chance. They'll, they'll do that. Uh, teams will, be way more likely to just see what happens there. I mean, Alabama has a rotation now and Brian Robinson's now the feature guy in Washington. Like it just, it doesn't matter if you're in the right scheme and you test well and you're strong and fast and like, he's just a yards after contact machine. um, You'll be all right. And I don't know, like Ryan, I think too, the thing I I saw at the end of the year. And I mean, we saw it in the Vanderbilt game (laughs) on a major level was Jalen and Dylan Sampson. When those two are, at it. like just what they can do in space and their speed the like and power like the thunder and lightning Darren McFadden Felix Jones type vibes with those two you kind of just feel like Jabari Small is just can he graduate like can he move on cuz you're just I, I want to see just a bunch of snaps where like they basically just take turns next year where it's Dylan Sampson, one drive Jalen, Wright the next. And then Jabari small is only for the goal line. Like Jabari small is not allowed to do two to three yards in between the tackles on second and 10 after an incompletion. He's not allowed to do that anymore. Like we're just, you're only allowed 10 yards in. I, I don't know. Are you as low on Jabari small? Cause we, I remember talking before the year, this past year that uh, we had differing opinions on Jalen and uh, Jabari similar to your, uh beskovy over triple j uh take it did not age as well ryan so what's the what's the i answer? don't even
0: remember me <laughs> talking to me i do not remember oh. me having this take
2: you did I you wasn't... had it because i was like out i was like jabari smalls he's gonna average like two or three yards per carry he's just he, you were a jabari small guy you were a jabari small truther
0: well i'm still a jabari small guy from what you just disrespect him like he wasn't an incredible short yard back all season yeah. Yeah, that's and what I'm
2: saying. He should only be on the goal line. That's it. And it's still generally. That's Samson not the only
0: time Tennessee runs in short yardage. Isn't on the goal line. They are yeah. addicted. Unlike the Tennessee Titans, they are yeah. addicted to running the ball <laughs> on third and three in short. And Javari Small's really good at it. Yeah. Now I would, to your point, I would like to see Jalen Wright not fumble the ball. So Tennessee has a lot more confidence giving him the ball more and giving him the ball in those situations. Mm-hmm. He got five. He ran for 230 yards and five carries against Vanderbilt because they were worried he was going to fumble it in the rain. But he's an unbelievable talent and. and I think, to me, it's big to get him back, and I think you're only going to see his role go up. And to your point about the feature back thing, look at top 25 programs in the country. Yeah, Do three of them have a feature back? There's not a lot of programs that work with feature backs anymore. And if anything, his lack of carries is going to be a good thing when he gets to the NFL. They're going to say, look, his body's not worn, hasn't been taking hits uh, for four years, or three years, whatever it ends up being. So, uh, to me, that's... I should be worried about well, whether
2: he is or not and then Chase's uh, game disagrees. <laughs> Khaleesi is not a fan of this take. Uh, the dog has never actually barked. So I guess the mailman's here, so that shout out to the mailman for that one. Or just not a fan of Ryan just revisionist history over here. You were thirty uh, carries a game, Jabari Small, before the season.
0: This is blasphemy. <laughs> this is simply blasphemous. You were like uh, their,
2: baby Derrick Henry, like this is yeah.
0: Uh and then, like, last thing I would say, the NIL facet, facet of it. One, I think this will be a common theme of players trying to get more – using their ability to transfer as leverage to get more money. Uh, two, I think Tennessee is fortunate that – and we'll see if they can get all the way through the offseason in the same case. But two years, Josh Heupel, have they lost a the player they really wanted to the portal? doesn't seem like it to me. Uh, to me, that's you look at South Carolina who had a great season uh, compared to expectations and they've lost a ton of, of their main guys to the portal. So, uh, and then lastly, uh, I think one thing that will be from just a macro will be really interesting to watch with NIL and the transfer portal. Did the dynamics that you have in NFL free agency today continue trickle down the college? I would think running back's not a position you want to invest a whole lot of NIL and especially when you're Tennessee, especially when you have, Two other good backs, and you're not a feature back program. And you say, We can plug in a lot of guys and have success here. That's something and to me, with all positions, I think when you look at the high school rank and the transfer portal with NIL, it's going to be really curious and interesting to me to see how a five star at a certain position is valued compared to a five star at another position.
2: I was told everyone wanted to go play for Dow Logan's SOC. <laughs>
0: Tennessee's tight, great offensive good. coordinator Dalla Logan.
1: legend. You, you don't
0: know how Chase. You don't know how many people were coming after trying to get him. <laughs> how many SEC coordinator jobs he turned? Did you not listen to Shane Beamer?
1: God, that was. They
0: awesome. are blessed. They are fortunate <laughs> to have him.
1: Yeah, I, they're very very get...
0: thankful. I mean, everybody else wanted. Him. <laughs> everybody else wanted him.
2: I love too that they had like. They had to call back. It's like Jay Cutler, are you willing to cut a 30-second promo on uh, Dawliggins? Like we need, we need some promos for bears guys. The legend the yeah. at the helm of the mighty South Carolina. What a time! What a time! Everything's good. What a time indeed. It's like the airplane uh, gif of just like nothing to see here in front of the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> that South Carolina football this offseason. is nothing to see here. Uh, everything's fine. Shane
0: Beamer got a 200% raise today too. How about that?
2: Can I just go ahead and say like they're winning less than seven games next year? Like Tennessee, what Tennessee is going to do to South Carolina in Knoxville next year. We say this. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be like, I think it's the biggest margin of victory of any non cupcake on the schedule. I think we're looking at like 56, 13. Like, I think it's going to be what Georgia did to South Carolina um, this past year. I think it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. And uh, Hypo will not be letting his foot off the gas for that one, similar to Mizzou at home uh, this year. I think that just go ahead and circle that one, folks. If you want to come in for a Tennessee game this fall, and you're like, I don't know which game to splurge on, splurge on the uh, South Carolina game. Uh, that one's gonna be an absolute uh, delight. I would go ahead and pencil in um South Carolina. Speaking of South Carolina, that's who Tennessee plays uh, tomorrow. Uh, when folks are hearing this, it'll be happening day of. Ethan, what are you looking for based on what we just saw from the basketball team and the best shooter coming back uh, for the Tennessee Volunteers on Tuesday night and blowing out uh, the Mississippi State Bulldogs? South Carolina is pretty, pretty bad all across the board. I mean, yeah. they're one of the worst uh, just power five teams. I think they're 200-something in Kim Palm last I checked. Yeah, they're uh, not Will, going well. Bring to- it the
0: program, Will Warren, put it best in his SEC tiers ranks this week. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt's alone in a tier that's bad. Mm-hmm. South Carolina is alone it's, at the bottom of the tier, and it's, here, it's bad, bad.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Bad, so, bad basketball team.
2: Yeah. Do you think it's going to be a, a blood, or do you think this is a trap situation where this is going to be ugly and it's actually going to be kind of close? No, I don't think okay. it's going to be. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be close. The, the South
1: Carolina's game plan is give the ball to Gigi Jackson and pray. <laughs> just hope <he> got, <laughs> And then every once in a while, he can kick it out to Chico Carter, who's actually a very, very good three point shooter. So I feel like that is probably the the one thing tennessee will need to look out for is just you know continue guarding the three point line as you have all season i think they're top 10 in three point percentage by the defense like guarding the perimeter uh, i mean they're top 10 in just about everything tennessee's defense is as as near perfect as you could be to start the season this season um the south carolina they <laughs> they're they're okay at offensive rebounding i guess but that's just because they miss a lot of shots so there's there's just not really much to talk about uh, for south carolina it's contain Gigi jackson i mean don't let him go off for 25 points and even if you win by 20 i'd say you'd call that a win if, if you can contain Gigi jackson really show that you have a big man that can kind of guard him i, I guess it's going to be off the top of my head probably olivier on him a whole bunch uh obviously on saturday so uh that that's the only matchup, in my opinion, that treat, intrigues me. Just because Jackson is is he's probably either going to be a lottery pick or very close to it because he's a very good basketball player. It's almost kind of like we're looking at an Anthony Edwards at Georgia situation. I think it's very similar. Both really bad teams with just like a Lamborghini in the parking lot, <laughs> but th- th- that's about it.
2: Uh, Ryan, since you're like I just. I don't really trust you as much with the basketball takes. We can pivot to baseball as we wrap up minute, here.
1: Wait a minute. I wasn't here. I wasn't here for this take.
0: Yeah. How have you not I'm, stepped up? How have you not stepped I'm, up to defend I, my take here? You know, I, wanted to, I wanted
1: to last time. Are you genuinely like you genuinely think Josiah is a better shooter than Santi?
2: I mean, two for two. I don't know what else you need <laughs> to see. <laughs>
1: i mean it's a smaller sample size of course he's gonna be a who
2: better. do you trust the most at the top of the key with the game on the line who do you trust I'm, the most
0: i'm the key he's the only place you can shoot three yeah, apparently I, too, it is
2: <laughs> i mean like josiah is a fantastic I'm sorry, do y'all see anybody shooting threes anywhere else around the I'm, perimeter no i'm not you're I'm not gonna
1: you're not gonna trick me into blaspheming josiah because i think he's an excellent shooter i think he is number two or number three on the team he's not number one santi is one two, of the best shooters in the sec three I, he's not number three. Santi's the best shooter. Tennessee's
0: had since Chris Lofton. Yeah, It's, yeah. yeah, nice. it's, it's, it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful of Santi, a guy who works unbelievably hard to get slith- slithers to shoot the ball every game and shoots still at forty percent, shooting at an extremely high rate. Disrespectful, not I'm, I don't evil, think it's insane, insane to say
1: he's like he's like a Walmart version of Steph Curry. He's running around for his life. He finds an open shot and he hits it forty percent of the time. Like
2: it's just Walmart <laughs> Steph Curry. I, I mean
1: i'm not trying to be rude to him but he's not no wow. one's steph curry so <laughs> yeah, he, doesn't the, he doesn't
0: quite have the handle and ability yeah, to I don't, create no off and does. he doesn't strike
2: but, me as the third best basketball player uh of all time absolutely Lincoln, not Lincoln, yeah, Lincoln. Yeah, to, that's not what i'm trying to say yeah, <laughs> the best i was offensive trying to make a, a, player of all a bad,
1: time. it was a it was a bad attempt at uh many are saying
2: santiago vescovy steph curry he's, he's they kind of rhyme shooting if you say know, Steph man. Curry really fast. It sounds it's, like that. Uh, he moves
1: insanely well off the ball. And by the way, he got all of those first half points against uh, against Mississippi State while Josiah was on the bench. And so it was not Josiah <laughs> moving around and creating space for him. That's they, enough. Uh, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get <laughs> muted.
2: <laughs> uh, Ryan number two preseason perfect game uh came out with their preseason baseball rankings um lsu number one tennessee number two what i've learned from this is i'm gonna be um an absolute monster uh this spring at these tennessee games like i'm gonna be as obnoxious as humanly possible on twitter.com throughout this year and any of the good folks who were worried or who thought that last year was it For Tennessee baseball just being the villains of college baseball they're in for a rude awakening it's uh it's not going anywhere and uh this group might actually have more upside like they they might have more possibilities of making a deeper run just because Chase Burns is a year older Dolander is a year older he's playing for number one overall pick this summer which is pretty wild I don't know you you really this rotation is just it's going to be hard to beat friday through sunday and when you have the kind of rotation that tennessee's going to be able to throw out with beam and the chases um i don't know i i think this is going to be an electric top-notch baseball season but do you think that is correct they are the second best team in the country coming into the year
0: i think they're in that conversation Uh, it's baseball it's college baseball to me there's probably five or six teams up there at the top that are really really good and pretty close to each other and to me tennessee's in that group they'll have a a chance to be the best team in the country. I'll have a chance to make it a home run. I'll have a chance to win it all because of what you just said. You got your starting three or your starting weekend rotation is all first or second team, all Americans. It's pretty good. It's pretty good feeling, especially when you have a senior in your bullpen who consistently can come in and throw four innings at a time for you. And it has been one of your best arms for four years. And it's never had an uh, ERA in the threes. And it's always been in the twos. So, there's a really, really, really elite pitching staff, and I think there's a lot of questions they're going to have to figure out in the lineup, and that was the case last year, too. There were questions to figure out. I think there are more of them this year. I think there are bigger questions, Um, but they're going to be able to have a lot of time to figure it out because they do have depth, uh, and the different people they're going to want to test out and give opportunities. And then, like I said, they have pitching staff that can carry them through some offensive woes, and uh, we'll have a chance to have a really, really good team.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I also wonder, um, uh what is this um MLE Desert Invitational? Does it count? Does it count for record? It does. Yeah, I okay. know. It's
0: their opening weekend series. Hmm. Um or not a series, but it's their opening weekend tournament. Um I'm glad they changed the name to Desert Invitational. It was like the MLB for some other word invitational before. It was like way it was super long and drawn out. And there was no good way of saying it. So I'm on board with just calling it the desert invitational, which I believe was announced today. And uh, they'll see UC San Diego and they'll see uh, who are the other teams that they'll see there
2: Arizona in there,
0: Arizona. That's the other, that's the big one they play. And then it's another uh, smaller screen. Grand Canyon, Grand Canyon. That's right. So uh, a couple good tests early in the year. They also have Gonzaga's coming to Knoxville uh, mm-hmm. for a series in the pre conference slate. So, Hopefully, no Iona-like weekends where they outscore the opponent sixty to sixty to five over three games.
1: Don't play anyone up north. <laughs> yeah,
0: don't don't play a team who had thirty minutes of practice outside uh, before season started.
2: <laughs> there you go. But also, just no more Tuesday games. Let's go ahead and punt those. From just
0: there's nothing in the world I would rather have than midweek games no longer existing in college baseball. But I'm not holding my I would do. I would do anything. You just give me a run rule in those things. You give me a run rule. You wouldn't hear me complain ever again. Yeah. Ever again. about Maybe about anything in the world if you gave me a run rule in midweek games. <laughs> mid-week just, don't game, make, it. just don't make me sit there for 45 minutes in the bottom of the eighth inning when Tennessee's up by eight runs and the opposing team is cycling through pitchers that can't throw strikes. And it's just walk <laughs> after walk after walk. And I'm like, if you can just get, can three, just out get three out, I'm going to be home be in, 30 in 30 minutes. minutes. But... I'm well oh, to say awesome. I'm with you, Chase. But there you go. I'm not uh, holding my breath for it either.
2: No. But hey. I dare to dream. Ethan, what can the GoFolks check out from you and the team over at Saturday Night on South this week?
1: Yeah, a lot of national championship coverage, obviously. Uh the games at Monday, seven thirty. You know, you know, the whole drag DCU and Georgia we will have full coverage of that over there. And then after that, it'll be full college basketball until the end of March. And then we'll get into college baseball and then talking season. So well, a lot of good stuff coming there, but really
2: wrapping up football here. There you go. Ryan, what about you and the team over at Rocky Top Insider this week?
0: Yeah. So I had a feature this morning on Jemai Mishak, a story I've been working on for a while. Um, everybody should check that out. It was a ton of fun. A great story. Uh, to tell and then some other stuff Uh, obviously in the football front a little bit looking ahead towards the baseball front and plenty of stuff Uh, basketball be in columbia tomorrow with the team Uh, story updating josiah's uh, status this afternoon he went through practice almost fully today rick barnes felt pretty confident he's going to play so things continue to move in the right direction uh, for josiah jordan james and that knee injury that's been bothering him
2: there you go love it like to see it tennessee should roll tomorrow afternoon But we shall see. Ryan, Ethan, always a pleasure, guys. Thank you so much, and I will talk to you all next week. Awesome. Thank you. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves,
0: and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, that you're interviewing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're, um,